0: I'm <laughs> so is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the lowest price on every tire every day. Big O Tires.
2: Jake, I know we have uh, sound to get to real quick, but I wanted to read this public service announcement from the state of Wisconsin. It says, uh, let's see, it says, uh, for many Wisconsin families, raw meat sandwiches are holiday tradition but eating raw meat is never recommended because of the bacteria it can contain. Ground beef should always be cooked to 160 degrees. Get more holiday food safety tips at their site there. So all you folks in Utah, don't eat raw beef in sandwiches, even if it is a holiday tradition. (laughs) Have you ever been served up raw hamburger meat?
1: I've had beef tartare before.
2: Is that what that is?
1: Mm-hmm. It's not raw uh, hamburger meat, but it's raw beef.
2: I had uh, two opportunities to eat uh, raw uh, beef like that, spread across the top of uh, toast, uh, and uh, I, I declined on both occasions. Of course, neither of those things happened in this country, but it uh, doesn't sound healthy to me. Doesn't meat sweat? I don't know. All Did right, the not sports
0: sorry. report not end?
1: <laughs> what hell have I fallen into? I think we should. Can we hear from Coach Witt? Is Please. That a, is that okay, Gordon? Yeah, uh,
2: I think we better. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: Here's Coach Witt's media availability today.
3: Hey, proud of our guys, uh, the way they hung in there on Saturday. Uh, overcame an 11-point second-half deficit, which was... Good to see uh, offense came alive in that second half. Uh, we scored 28 points and uh, it was enough enough for the victory. And so uh, that was a positive. Defense played well, start to finish. Wasn't perfect, gave up a few things. That first play of the second half was, was uh, a big one that we, that we uh, let get away from us. But when you look at the uh, defense overall, I believed going into the game the biggest factor and key to winning uh, other than the turnover margin, was our rush defense taking away their uh, rush offense, and, and that's what we were able to do. We were able to held, hold them uh, what, less than half of their average, and the back that had gone for 300-plus the week before uh, held him to under 100. I believe it was somewhere in the 80s, and so that was the biggest factor, in my opinion, that, uh, and the reason that we were able to, uh, to get the victory. So uh, it's on to uh, Washington State. And uh, you know, spread offense, uh, mobile quarterback, uh, dangerous receivers, really good core receivers, and uh, playing uh, you know hard on defense. So, so that'll be uh, the last uh, regular season game, and and we'll get prepared for that. We understand it's 11:30 kick, so that's a great time to uh, to kick off, and and uh, weather who knows, but it doesn't matter. Deal with whatever we got to deal with. So, questions. With Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com, follow. Kyle, you you and uh, uh, Brit
0: Brit and Cubby mentioned on on Saturday that you know there's there, there's kind of being worn out. You know, guys are and uh, you know coaches are just from what's going on in this season. If you guys ha- uh, you know win on Saturday, are you guys still wanting to play in a uh, in a bowl game?
3: good question that'll be uh really in my opinion up to the players we'll uh, we'll talk about that when the time is right and uh if they're up for it and want to do it and we you know have got the, the, the record we need to have obviously we got to win then uh then we'll move forward and if they uh feel like enough's enough then we won't and so to me they're going to handle that uh within themselves i'm not gonna and i'll back them either way they want to go whatever our players choose is uh is what uh, is what we'll go with. Next we'll go to Josh Newman Salt Lake Tribune followed by Steve Bartle from zone.com. Hey Kyle, good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. See, appreciate it. Um, Devin Lloyd this Josh, morning. right? This is Josh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Josh. It's all
0: good. Um, Devin Lloyd's um, Devin Lloyd this morning was named a finalist for the Buckus Award. Obviously that's a, you know, that's a top honor at his position. How how difficult is it to get that type of notoriety when you've only played four games?
3: Yeah, uh, very difficult. Obviously, some of the uh, notoriety he's getting was based on last year's performance because he played very well last season. But uh, he's been just a mainstay for us this year, making a bunch of tackles. Him and Nephi Sewell are one and two on the team in tackles. And uh, Devin's been extremely productive last year, carrying into this year. Uh, He's a talent. He's got... uh, everything you look for in a, in, a, in a middle linebacker. He's got six foot three and 235 pounds and runs uh, four, five, something 40. And uh, he's a student of the game. He, he's got a burning desire to be great. And uh, he's put in the time and the work and the effort ever since he got here. And now it's paying off for him. So proud of him and, and great to see him on that uh, short list of Butkus Award finalists. Next, we'll go to Steve Bartle, followed by Patrick Kinahan. Morning, coach. Morning, Steve. <laughs> uh wanted to ask you, it, it seemed like the offensive line was able to get a little bit more push when Braden Daniels entered uh entered the game. He it seemed like uh Keaton Bills just struggled for whatever reason, but Braden Daniels just inserting him into the offensive line seemed to spark some things. What did you make of his play and 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 his impact on the game? Well, Braden came in and did a nice job and, and Keaton Bills is a good player. And we're not uh, by any means down on Keaton. It was just something that Jim Harding saw and thought would be uh, uh, give us a little boost, get a little bit of uh, penetration on that side. So Braden came in and and did a nice job. And of course, he had uh, he's had a bunch of starts under his belt. So he's not a he's not new to to uh, getting extensive playing time. He started pretty much all last year. So him and Keaton are, are uh, two really good players. And uh, it'll be a battle this week to see which one gets the nod. But uh, you're right, we did have uh, a little bit of a spark when, when Braden went in and, and we're able to uh, get more done in the run game. Next, we'll go to Patrick Kinahan, 1280 of the zone, followed by David James. What's Cam Risen doing at this point to make sure it's not a total waste of time for him? <laughs> well, he's uh, he came off a successful surgery, he's in rehab. Uh, and getting, uh, you know, doing everything he can uh, with the shoulder, and, and getting, you know, getting uh, or going through the normal rehab process. He's finished up his academics this semester, and uh, all indications are he had a very good semester uh, with his grades. And so he's uh, he's a kid that's making the most of of uh, his time. He's not just sitting around doing nothing. He's got a, a lot of desire and and uh, wants to get back. And now uh, this is going to be an extensive rehab time. It's not something that will most likely will not allow him to be uh, participating in spring ball. So he's got a, a long road ahead of him, but uh, he's determined and got the right attitude. And so we expect him to make a full recovery. That's our hope. And who cares what Urban Myers says, right? Well, I care. He's a good I mean, about your hammer. Yeah, some higher comment. That, we talked about that after the game. So <laughs> Next, we'll go to David James from KUTV and 1280 The Zone. kyle kyle Kyle, Kyle. can you talk about ty jordan's blocking yeah i think there's a lot of reverberation that you said ty jordan's blocking was that the question a comment on that yes yeah okay ty jordan has gotten better and better at picking up blitzes and he did a fine job in the game saturday and and had some key pickups Uh, he's still got a ways to go but uh, he's worked hard at that, and, and Coach McDonald, his position coach, has done a, a good job schooling him up and getting him uh, tuned into the protections, and he's, made, he's come a long ways in, uh, in the short time that he's been here in that regard. And obviously, we see what he does for us in the run game. He's, he's a tremendous player. And so he's uh, got a desire to be a complete back, and a complete back has to pick up pressures, and he's got to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, and Ty Jordan is, is uh, doing all those things right now. Our next question will come from Trevor Allen, kslsports.com, followed by Steve Bartle of Utah.
0: Kyle, over the last two games, I mean, obviously going into the year, you you actually had four, four backs, and then, you know, it, it kind of seemed like you guys have kind of dwindled the list down. Is that is that kind of what it is, you know, where you guys are working, maybe two or, or three guys compared
3: to four? Well, it has pared down. Uh, Jordan Wilmore uh, had an injury a few weeks back, which has slowed him down, uh, but Ty Jordan's emergence – uh, has really given him the, the, the lion's share of the work the last couple of weeks. And uh, he's, he's doing a great job. He's averaging over seven yards a carry. And so he's, he's been a big plus for us. Mackay um, Bernard is also doing some good things, but uh, you know, we've got four backs. Uh, you know, who knows if, if we'll be able to hang on to them all, you know, when, when you have freshmen that rise up and, and, uh, do well upperclassmen sometimes uh you know, get the notion that maybe they're they're not in the plan so we'll see what happens with that position but we, we really like the position and we got we got four guys that we're confident in right now and we'll just see uh what direction things go next we'll go to steve bartle from you zone coach blake keithy uh got his first action of the season and of his career basically how i guess was that rewarding in any sense to you to see him actually take the field very much so. He's had a long, hard road since he's got here, with injuries. Uh, he's overcome each one, and and they're major injuries, not not just uh, nagging little things. It's been significant injury, and he's come back and, and uh, is it a, in a place right now where he's ready to help us. And you saw him get his. You're right. It's his first collegiate uh, snaps, and did a good job. He graded out pretty good, and and uh, he's a really good player when he's when he's completely healthy, which he's just about there now. He's, uh, he's got a lot of ability and hopefully going forward, he's able to stay healthy and and continue to contribute. Our next question will come from Josh, Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, the off season with the transfer portal
0: is generally pretty chaotic. Anyway, um, with the one-time transfer exemption, likely getting pushed through in January, do you expect the off season to be even more chaotic now?
3: Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, what's you know these guys got to be careful they're going to the portal because the opportunities are not you know there's not a, a, enough scholarships available and opportunities to satisfy everyone that goes into the portal and so you got to be uh smart and and uh think things through but to answer your question i don't think there's any doubt that uh, you're going to see much more movement and activity than in years past but again the, the portal is going to be saturated and and uh, We'll just see how it all shakes
1: out. There you go. That's uh, Coach Kyle Whittingham, his media availability uh, today, Gordon. A uh, bunch of stuff that he he talked about stood out there to me. But how about uh, uh, the idea of letting the players decide if they want to play in a bowl game or not?
2: That was the first thing I noticed that he said. I think that's pretty cool, actually. And he said he would support them regardless of uh, what their decision is. And that's that's, that's the way a coach should do it, in my opinion.
1: Well, uh, Here's the thing: is it's going to cost these schools a lot of money to go to bowls, because they usually they they break even on most of those bowl trips in normal years. Gordon, and they're not going to get the same payouts this year that they normally get. So going to bowl games is going going to be costly. And so if you're going to do that, you know, do it for the players and and uh, make sure they really want it. So yeah, I, I guess to, I leave
2: it up to them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I I admire Coach Witt empowering his players to make that kind of decision. But but really, it's kind of one of those things. Like if we're going to do this, we're going to do it for you and because you yeah. really want to do it. And so I, I think it's an I guess I think it's an appropriate decision to leave up to the players. I agree. Because the,
2: yeah, uh, sorry. 100%. Go ahead. No, I agree with you 100. percent And in the past, when you've heard coaches talk about, uh, it's a reward for the players. Well, and, you know, the the Senate could say it's a reward for the coach so they get an extra 15 practice sessions.
1: You well, know? well it, cynically, they they don't need that this year because all they've been doing is practicing for the last six yeah. months pretty much. So. Yeah,
2: so leaving, leaving it up to the players is beautiful, man. That's the way it should be. And, and uh, you could tell from the way Kyle answered that question that he's he's all for it that way.
1: So we'll we'll see what they decide to do, and we'll see what options the Utes have. I mean, with how the Pac-12's bowl situation has deteriorated quickly, they might not have an option to go to a bowl game. That's right. So you know, yeah, it, we'll see. But they, the other the, thing. That, oh, sorry. What one, one quick note, Gordon? Sorry, uh, uh, is that the Pac-12 did stay hard and fast to that rule that you have to be above 500 to go to a bowl game, even though they're only going to play five games. So Utah would have to win against Washington State in order to be And eligible. they will. Yeah. Uh, you they would think will. so. Although Washington State's a little bit better than I anticipated.
2: Yeah. If, I, if I'm seeing – if what I'm seeing is the truth, I think Utah should win that game. We'll see. Uh, don't know. Uh, that's why they play them, Jake. But, uh, you know, the other part I thought was interesting was when he was asked about uh, Ty Jordan and the running back situation – and I guess after the press conference today is when word came out about uh, them losing a couple of backs because he said that it might be tough to hang on to them, which tells me that he already knew.
1: He already knew. For sure he already knew. That's the first thing I thought, actually, when they when I saw the news that they were transferring because that stood out to me, too, where you usually don't hear coaches talk about that so mm-hmm. loosely. <laughs> is that a good word for it? You usually don't hear them mention, <laughs> like, Hey, if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. You know, what are you going to do? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. It, it sounds to me like he, he knew that was, uh, was going for to happen.
2: The, for those of our listeners who didn't hear that, uh, why don't you recount that report? Uh, who is it, Who exactly is leaving?
1: Uh, Devin Brumfield and Jordan Wilmore will enter you know. the uh, the transfer portal. Well, that's not a surprise. It, it really isn't. We talked about this earlier in the show. It. Um, um, I don't blame players for wanting to go play somewhere if it, you know, there's a better player at their position and their eligibility is, you know, uh, they're not getting any younger.
2: So those guys apparently want to transfer, given the circumstances. I wonder where they'll end up. And I wonder how you make that decision. Do you make that decision based on, okay, normally – I'm interested and concerned about playing time, so I want to go somewhere where the opportunity is there. It's even more that way in these cases, is it not? Because what happens if a guy goes through all the trouble of transferring and then ends up in the same situation at a new place that he was at the old?
1: Yeah, exactly why I thought Jake Bentley was going to be the starter all along at the University of Utah, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, but, yeah. I wait, will be- wait. Are you,
2: are, you, are you admitting that you were, were – wrong?
1: No, I'm not.
2: <laughs> Even though you were, I mean, that much is a matter of the record.
1: Uh, you mean that Cam Rising was named the starter at the uh, the beginning of the year? Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that I'm wrong, though.
2: Well... <laughs> Wait a minute, you said Jake Bentley would be the starter, and that was agreed upon with Andy Ludwig before he
1: came. Yeah, I, he was told he'd be the starter. I 100% believe that.
2: It, so, but he wasn't the starter.
1: Well, someone wasn't being honest.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. What do you mean, all right? So you're you're saying that since Cam Rising started game number one, that Andy Ludwig lied to Jake Bentley?
1: Well, somebody did.
2: That's quite the accusation, my friend. Is it now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Gordon, you are right. He wasn't told he'd have a chance at the starting job.
2: Not a chance. That he, You're suggesting that he was told that he would be the starter.
1: I'm sure he was. <laughs>
2: Uh, who exactly are you calling a liar? Then? Huh? Because the who last are you time calling a liar? the last time you or I, either one of us, did that, then you know the ad next thing is issuing a press release. Hmm.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll read it on the air when it comes. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get to a couple of Kalani bites. We're up against it a little bit time wise, but let's let's get to a couple of these, Austin. Let's start with uh, Coach Satake talking about: uh, is, is it beneficial to know the bold te- details this early?
0: Yeah, you Huge relief because our guys love playing the game of football, and, and I, I mentioned it before that you know we were we were committed to doing whatever we can to play as many games as possible, and and the fact that we got to this point right now with eleven and opportunity to play twelve um, really can't complain, especially when you look back at. You know there's a time where we didn't have any games out there <laughs> scheduled and uh, I think North Alabama might be the only one that was scheduled and and then we started to get some some games on our schedule and and uh, it just worked out really well that we were able to play football and then just really really thankful that, that these guys are able to do that and at a time where, where bowl games are canceled getting canceled and and teams are opting out you know from play, playing the bowl games just really really uh, appreciate the opportunity for our guys to play one more time together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're going to get 12 games in uh, this year, Gordon. And I'm knocking on wood here a little bit because you never know uh, in this uh, situation. But that's that's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, it is when you consider that not all of it's under your control.
1: Oh, they should they should rename the athletic director of the year after Tom Homo. Pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, that they've been able to play that many. It's that number is as anyone else played that many.
1: I'd have to go in there and look. I don't. I don't. 12. Has the might SEC played 12? No, didn't the SEC have a 10-game schedule with— Yeah, yep. And that's it. And the ACC had a 10-game schedule with one non-conference game. Yep. So—
2: Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. And, and BYU obviously lost the game against Army, so it, it might have been even higher. But uh, the fact that they only lost one game is is, is remarkable. Wow. That well, Utah's uh,
1: going to play five, yeah. maybe six. Uh-huh. And BYU's going to play 12.
2: What would you do? We talked about this earlier, but if you were a, a member of the Utah football team and you had the your vote, which way you, you vote?
1: Wait, say that again for me.
2: Would you want to play in a bowl game? Would you vote to play in a bowl game if you were on the team?
1: I guess it depends on who I am, but uh in my status and what I'm going through personally, but uh, I'd say absolutely.
2: I wonder I wonder.
1: They only played 5 <laughs> games. I'd want one more for sure. Give I me one opportunity. If
2: they... <laughs> I wonder if they'd say it depends on who we're playing and what bowl it would be.
1: I'd say bring it on. You, you know, you're only going to well, have a chance to do it so many times, and this year that's been affected even more. So That, why appears,
2: not? To, that appears to be the attitude of the Cougars. Yep. Uh, Kalani, how many times have we heard him say, my players just want to play football?
1: Well, and Tom Homo. We heard him say that the other day, too. So, all right. uh, We're up against it a little bit. We've got sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day, coming up next. Uh, Somebody named Dropped Gordon Monson. What? You'll find out next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Time to talk to understand when they say that pride to sin well, Should I go or should I stay on the outside looking in have in 1280
1: The Zone we have some breaking news Chris Paul will start tonight for the Suns Against the Jazz, Jake Crowder will not play. But Chris Paul, we will see his debut with the Suns tonight here at Vivint Arena, Gordon.
2: And that's interesting because everybody wants to see the effect that Chris Paul has on this young Suns team. And whether it'll resemble anything that he was doing with OKC last year. So
1: there you go. Breaking news. If uh, you're coming to the arena tonight, you're going to get a chance to see Chris Paul. He will indeed play. All right, Gordon, you ready for sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day? I am. So Raja Bell was on a podcast uh, the other day and they were talking about media and talking about the Kyrie Irving situation when a familiar uh, name was dropped.
0: Feel like you got a narrative put on you. What is the feeling like that from a player's perspective and how do you break that if at all? And is it fair that we put that on you? Well, again, I mean, I've I've had good narratives um you know, like when I was in Philly in 2001 and, you know, I kind of captured lightning in a bottle in that little bit of limited time in the finals, like the narrative around me was really good. I mean, I wasn't ready to really contribute you know heavily on an NBA team but I had played well in that short window of time and and the narrative around me was good right like so it was it was it was cool like my narrative in Phoenix was really good I was hard working part of what they were doing there and you know I was really cool with all the the media guys um but the narrative around me the flip side of that was the narrative that transpired in Utah towards the end of my career and I talk about it a lot even though I was good with all the journalists out there um at brian smith and and um you know all the all the people that worked at salt lake trib and all of that uh gordon munson i think his name was like i had done a lot of work with them always gave an interview was with-
1: russia remembers you munson
0: wow all right well good i'm glad I expect me to come home with
1: my tail between my legs but i won't do it i'd sooner get Munson out here in the middle of nowhere than lose face in front of my friends and family whoa, whoa. what did you just say I said I don't want to lose face in front of my friends and family. No, before that. I, I said I'd sooner get
0: Munson out here in the middle of nowhere. Munson?
1: What the hell is that?
0: You know, Munson. Uh, to be up a creek without
1: a paddle, to, to have the whole world in a palm of your hand and then blow it. You know, it's a figure of speech. <laughs> Munson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know well, that Gordon Munson guy.
2: Close enough.
1: You know, he didn't call Brian Smith. Brian Smythe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But he
1: remembers you. Well, good.
2: I'm glad. I remember having uh, Raja in the studio, and and, and uh, you got to we were, uh,
1: Munson him in person.
2: And we were talking to him, and the, he, he, uh, I, I thought he had some potential uh, to to join us the wretched media. Uh, he was very well spoken and uh, whether you agree with his opinions or, or not is up to you I guess but uh, I thought he was he was pretty good with a microphone in front of him. So yeah I mean you could look we all we all get to know these these athletes on some level. Uh, not on a friendly basis. I mean, some maybe some members of media you hear them chum up to the players a little bit here and there, but on the whole, uh, you know, you just want a professional relationship with them, and sometimes they think you treat them fairly, and sometimes
0: and, um, they don't. You know, all the all the people that worked at Salt Lake Trib and all of that, uh, Gordon Munson, I think his name was. Like I had,
1: <laughs> it's close. It's close. I got Munson uh, out here in the middle of Salt Lake City.
2: I think I might have called him Haja one one time. I don't know.
1: Gordon Munson, I think his name. Uh, you know, I've never met a Munson in real life. I, I've, I've met, I think, a couple of Monsons. I'm surprised that people get to make that mistake as often as they do. That's true. I've never heard the actual name Munson. Have you ever met ever. a Munson? No, no, I haven't either.
2: Oh, well, Thurman Munson. The catcher for the Yankees was okay. uh, tragically killed in a plane crash.
1: Well, I've never met him, wow. like you.
2: Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. He just mispronounced my name a little bit, but uh,
1: the Munsters. Yeah. Uh, Roy Munson, Gordon Munson,
2: <laughs> getting Munson so, down here in the middle of nowhere. So he's just going to keep hammering me on that. Uh, what? It
1: was, it was close. It was, uh, you know, not the same name, but close. <laughs> I uh, Raja Bell's never uh, name dropped me on a podcast. See, see, I have a theory. I think Raja knows your name, but you wrote something he didn't like, and so he's saying Munson like like Tracy McGrady did with Duran.
0: He knows uh, your name's Munson.
2: Uh, it, it, that could be the case. Uh, I did. I did. I, was, I wrote some real nice things about him and said some nice things about him. But then when he was doing some of the things that he did uh, near the end. There may have been a negative tone yeah, here Monson and there, did. but yeah. I, I think uh, overall fair.
1: There, uh, by the way, Tim Lacombe is going to be doing uh, pre half and post with me tonight, and, and Tim's here in the studio. Wasn't there somebody else who used to call Gordon uh, by that name, Tim?
0: <laughs> you, you know, you, you can help uh, you know Munson cook his own chicken. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: did big Rick used to
1: call you Munson. Munson.
2: I don't know. Ask Tim.
1: But don't feel bad because he called Thomas Monson Thomas Monson. So I think it's just the way he said Monson.
2: Okay.
1: Maybe a Midwestern. Yeah, you know, I was having dinner the other night with Tommy Monson, and, uh, you know. (laughs) That never happened. Tommy, Tommy Monson. let's
2: have a a moment of silence tonight. We lost, you know, the president, uh, Howard Hunt, he said one night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The electrician? Howard Hunt. Well, there you go. Close. Close. (laughs) All right. It's the big show. We'll have more coming up next. Jake Scott, Gordon Munson. More next. Munson. 5 and 12 (laughs) in the zone. Munson, Munson, whatever. Munson.
0: This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show,
1: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we've got a, an answer to a mystery uh, from earlier in the show, Gordon. Oh, okay. Um, if you are just joining us, uh, the Pac-12 uh, title game in football was announced as uh, USC Washington. Well, Washington said today that they weren't going to be able to field a team by Friday because of uh, COVID situation. So then Oregon moves into the uh, the title game situation. Now Oregon was going to play Colorado. And so we thought Gordon, uh, what's going to, what's Colorado going to get? Right. Now here's a uh, here's a quote from their athletic director. Quote, "We are very proud of our football student-athletes' commitment and resili- resiliency throughout the season. Our student-athletes have done all that we have asked of them in following our protocols and procedures to ensure we were able to play every game on our schedule. We are disappointed to have another game canceled. We are not considering any non-conference opponents for this weekend." Okay. So the Buffs get screwed. That sucks.
2: Yep, and that's the way it was shaping up uh, all along, because they, yeah, they they were unfortunate in not being able to play the Trojans. So it's it's just the it's just a screwy season with everything going on.
1: But Colorado uh, was a particular. Um, you heard him allude to it there, but they, you know, there were cancellations and those sorts of things across the whole league, but it was never because of Colorado. Yeah. So yeah. they lost games, but it was never their fault.
2: That's a great point.
1: So they only played four out of seven. And uh, they were eligible to play every year, or uh, excuse me, every week.
2: It's too bad because that team is pretty good. I know you weren't uh, overly impressed or didn't weren't falling for the undefeated stuff, but that's still a decent team. You got to admit. Uh, so it's unfortunate they didn't get a chance to show it more.
1: Well, I just feel bad for them. I mean, <clears throat> games should have been longer than seven, or the season should have been longer than seven games
2: anyway. And uh, for why them some more games three. could have been canceled?
1: <laughs> well, so, BYU's going to play. Longer. BYU's going to play twelve.
2: Yeah, how many teams in the in the Pac-12 have? played as many games as they had hoped for, though.
1: Well, I'm am not talking about the Pac-12. <clears throat> I'm I'm referring to other leagues where they got in many more games.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it was uh, so difficult in the Pac-12, but it was, and uh, and I don't know what I don't know what else to say about this season, Jake. It just uh, it, it was what it what it was, and. That's why I thought it was interesting what uh, Britton Covey and some of the other Utes were saying after the game the other day. That it's been even though they've only played four games, it's been a long, long season, and they're beat up physically and uh, mentally, uh, and maybe emotionally to some extent. You know, with so much going on in the world and so so many concerns, and uh, yeah, and so much uncertainty.
1: Well, I I wish the Pac-12 had gone the way of the SEC and the Big Ten and and played nine ten games, you know, or not the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, excuse me. Big Ten was in a similar situation in the Pac-12. Uh, I find I'm it- a little
2: softer on the Pac-12 in that regard than you are because they had some tough situations and uh, had some uncertainty as far as the, uh, you know, the uh, local governance uh, from from. Uh, the states and counties and cities, uh, were going on. And it was, it was, you know, COVID was, and it still is, a a difficult challenge.
1: Yep. And one they could have handled much better.
2: Mm, Maybe, maybe not.
1: Well, I mean, these other leagues handled it better. I mean, we can have direct comparisons.
2: They had the PAC 12 had some unique circumstances with, uh, local jurisdictions
1: but they figured it out eventually so if they had a strong leader who got off his duff and figured it out earlier then maybe they could have played more games like those other leagues
2: well i've not been a big fan of larry scott as you know but uh i think this one was more difficult was difficult uh because there was so much concern okay but we uh, we
1: found out he hadn't even made the phone call he hadn't even tried
2: Well, they, when they got around to the daily testing, that's when I, I I completely signed off on it. I was I had my doubts prior to that as well.
1: Okay. Well, these other leagues figured it out and played ten and eleven games. BYU played twelve, and uh, the pack. You know, I feel bad for Colorado. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because they, they hardly got an opportunity to play. I feel bad for Utah And speaking of Britton Covey doing all that work and, and uh, you know, following protocols and doing this stuff forever and ever and ever and ever, only not to play until, well, in the Utes' case, what, the third week in November?
2: Yeah, but those were problems within its own program.
1: Correct. But I'm just saying that they did that for a long, long time.
2: Yeah, i. We're talking about a pandemic here, Jake. I'm not going to throw darts at people left and right. This was a difficult situation all around. And uh, I I think it it maybe took more time in certain areas than it did in others. But I'm not going to blame people for not being exact in their handling of a pandemic.
1: Okay, fair enough. But difficult problems call for difficult solutions and called for good leadership. And I don't think that the Pac-12 has that or had that. And I think that it's sad that uh, these players didn't get the opportunity that they could have gotten because of weak leadership.
2: But you're sitting there saying that Utah only has played four games, but two of the games before that, because of COVID problems within their own program, prevented them from playing.
1: Sure, but they would have more flexibility to handle those problems if they started in September.
2: Well, they might have had more cancellations as well. I mean, I I don't know how that would have turned out. Yeah,
1: you don't know, but we know how it turned out for other schools, don't we? I know,
2: but that doesn't. Those were different areas with different problems
1: that had know? better solutions and well, better
2: solutions, or maybe they had—I don't know—whether they had fewer cases of COVID, or whether it wasn't as rampant uh, in in those areas. I I don't know the answer to that. But again, it's a it's an unprecedented pandemic mm-hmm. that uh folks, everybody's, everyone's still struggling with it.
1: Yep. And I think that some leagues really handled it well, and some
2: leagues didn't. Mm. Maybe some leagues got luckier than other leagues. I you can call it I, luck, I but
1: know. I you know you're you're looking at the ACC and the SEC. Gordon, Alabama's played ten games.
2: Well, they, the SEC was saying, "Oh my God, we're going to play football no matter what, and we're going to have people in the stands too." And that was back when they, nobody knew nothing about this. I I don't know whether that necessarily needs to be complimented or not.
1: Well, they knew something. They were talking to their uh, their medical leaders.
2: Well, so were the folks out
1: here. Well, uh, well, I know that the folks out there played 10 games, and the folks out here played four.
2: Uh, Sometimes that's the way it works out. Well, like like I said, Utah would have played six if they hadn't had their own issues with it.
1: Okay. I'm not going to blame Utah. I think the flexibility should have been built in. That's why they should have started earlier. And when they did decide to start, they decided to only give themselves seven weeks to pull off seven games and all and cast blame at the playoff, uh, college football playoff, too. Being so unflexible and not pushing back their dates, that's stupid, too.
2: Well, it's it's just easier to to, uh, to make those kinds of criticisms in hindsight. But when we were looking at the pandemic in the other direction, I understand the hesitation.
1: Well, I didn't then. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, and I think the Pac-12 is, has made its own bed. I really do.
2: Yeah, but Jake, and if they had a
1: stronger leader who was proactive about the situation, they could have had a better outcome for themselves. I believe. Well, I believe that, and I said you know, that then too. So don't but, yeah, don't but say you, but, hindsight to me because I was saying this stuff then.
2: I know, but you didn't know what you were talking about then. You said the same thing about the NBA and not. And when they said they weren't going to have crowds, you were moaning and groaning about that, too.
1: About the NBA not having crowds. Yes, I because
2: we talked about this very thing. We talked about limiting the number of people in the buildings. And you were saying you were you're were bad mouthing that back then. You have from the beginning. You and I have argued about this so many times and there's no real need to keep arguing about it. I just am not going to blame people because they didn't have the exact answers to handle in a pandemic. That was affecting different parts of the country in different ways. Well,
1: you're misrepresenting my thoughts about fans in the stands, because that's not the argument that we had.
2: Well, It's part of it. You said that. I'm not making that up. I didn't just conjure that up in my mind. I'm just saying that this was a serious issue, and not everybody knew exactly how to handle it, nor how detrimental it might have been. Not only on programs, football programs, but on fan bases, on universities. There were university uh, administrators who didn't even know whether they should have classes or not. This, this was a big, big, heavy burden for everybody. And because it worked out in certain circumstances, I'm not going to blame those who who didn't, didn't weren't cavalier enough to, to barrel full speed ahead straight into it.
1: Well, you can say I didn't know what I was talking about. but oh, well, nobody
2: I, did. I, I didn't know what I was talking about either. We were all guessing.
1: Right. And we can now look back on it, and I can firmly say that the SEC and the ACC handled it better than the Pac-12. I can say that they handled it better than the Big Ten, too.
2: But nobody knew that they were handling it appropriately back then.
1: Maybe they did.
2: Okay. Whatever. The the, the Pac-12, if you remember their statements, they were basing some of their decisions on what they were being medically advised to do by people who are experts in this particular realm.
1: Well, those other leagues made the same claim.
2: Well, like I said, they came to different conclusions, they but did. nobody nobody knew. I mean, it could have happened where the SEC was plowing straight ahead with all this, and it could have blown up in their faces, and a lot of people could have gotten more sick, and people could have died.
1: Okay, but that didn't happen.
2: Well, I know, but that nobody knew that at the time is what I'm saying.
1: Well, I'm saying that with better leadership, maybe they could have made a better decision. That's all. I don't understand why that's controversial.
2: Because I think that's easier to say now than it, than it was at that particular time.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure that fans of SEC schools are grateful for the leadership that those programs or the, that conference has.
2: Everybody was, driving, everybody was driving straight into a cloud, Dick. Were they? Yeah, they were. You think the medical advisors out in the Pac-12 were advising the schools were just making crap up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their agenda I think that, was. That, that's, that's unlikely. Well, they, the, just, the, they just came to different conclusions about how to handle it.
1: Right. Okay. Well, they can also pick who they're listening to.
2: Well, I, I get back to what I said to begin with. Nobody knew. Nobody knew at the time how it was going to turn out.
1: Okay. Well, we've seen how it's, it turned out, though. That's my point.
2: And my point is that it's easier to say that now than it was then. At that time, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody did.
1: I don't know if I'd go nobody, but okay. That's fine. I'm just saying the Pac-12 handled it poorly. So you can say nobody knew. All right. But they were all faced with the same situation. Some links handled it better than others. And I don't think the Pac-12 handled it well. Okay. All right. All right, Gordo. Uh, we've got uh, pregame coming up next, so we'll cut you loose. Uh, I will talk to you coming up tomorrow, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a well, we'll have a jazz game to talk about, and we'll we'll get into some college football as well as we do have games coming up this weekend. We've got a bowl game not this weekend for BYU, obviously, but coming up shortly, and uh, Utah has Washington State. We'll dig a little bit more into uh, WSU coming up tomorrow.
2: And I wonder how excited Utah fans are about that particular. Opponent, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe any opponent, as long as the game can be played, it's fine.
1: Jazz game night pregame show coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network.
2: I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, allow me to say goodnight.
0: I hate goodbyes.
1: This thing
2: is over. That
0: little pig.